Welcome to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. This is Sound Prince for the week of May 3, 2015. The 141st running of the Kentucky Derby is now history, but before we stop being racing experts for another year, we thought we'd bring you one final glimpse into the Derby Festival and racing facts. The first Kentucky Derby was held on May 17, 1875, at Churchill Downs in Louisville. It was 12 furlongs long, or one and a half miles. Aristides was the first winner. The Kentucky Oaks, a race for fillies only, was also run for the first time that year at Churchill Downs. The Derby is for three-year-old thoroughbreds, colts, geldings, and fillies, and since 1896, the race has been 10 furlongs, or a mile and a quarter, in length. The Kentucky Derby moved permanently to the first Saturday in May in 1932, so that it would run before the Preakness and the Belmont Stakes, the other two parts of the Triple Crown. 10,000 people were at Churchill Downs for the first running of the Kentucky Derby. Yesterday's record-breaking crowd numbered over 170,000. The weather was warm and sunny, perfect for a day at the track. Kentucky Oaks Day, the Friday before Derby, is another big day at the track. Now, over 120,000 people attend that race each year. Jefferson County Public Schools are officially closed on Oaks Day. It's listed as an in-service day in the teacher's contract. We always like to think that the current Derby is really fast, but not so. American Pharaoh, this year's winner, finished in 2 minutes, 3.02 seconds. By comparison, the record is held by Secretariat, the winner of the 1973 Derby, at 1 minute, 59.6 seconds. If Secretariat had been running against American Pharaoh yesterday, he would have finished 17 lengths ahead of American Pharaoh. The Kentucky Derby Festival began 60 years ago with the first Derby Parade. The 60th Derby Festival Parade went down Broadway with over 100 floats, bands, inflatables, equestrian, and other units this past Thursday. Wednesday before Derby is the Great Steamboat Race. Years ago, the race was between the Belle of Louisville and the Delta Queen from Cincinnati. The Delta Queen was a much larger and more powerful boat, so the Belle found it necessary to come up with some very ingenious ways to get to the finish line first, and I did not say cheat. The Delta Queen doesn't exist anymore, so now the race is most often run between the Belle of Cincinnati and the Belle of Louisville. Cincinnati won last year, so it was our turn this year. Cincinnati crossed the finish line first this past Wednesday, but since there are now other ways the boats can accumulate points, besides covering the course in the least amount of time, the Belle of Louisville was declared the winner and will proudly display the golden antlers for the next year. On May 16, 1925, the first live radio broadcast of the Kentucky Derby was originated by WHAS, 8.40 a.m. here in Louisville, and was also carried by WGN in Chicago. On May 7, 1949, the first television coverage of the Kentucky Derby took place, and it was produced by Wave TV, the NBC affiliate here in Louisville. This coverage was aired live in the Louisville market and sent to NBC as a Kinescope newsreel recording for national broadcast. This broadcast was the first time Zoomar lenses were used on a broadcast TV sports show. On May 3, 1952, the first national television coverage of the Kentucky Derby took place, aired from then-CBS affiliate WHAS-TV, Channel 11. We've been getting so many phone calls, emails, and Facebook messages, all inquiring about the 2015 Alumni Reunion for the Kentucky School for the Blind. When is it? Where is it? Why isn't it at KSB? On page 2, 
Deanna Scoggins, president of the Alumni Association, visits with us and brings answers to those and many other questions about the upcoming Alumni Weekend. Durbert K. McDaniel was one of the founders of the American Council of the Blind in the early 1960s. He served as ACB's first national representative, executive director in today's terminology, and played a major role in the founding of many of ACB's state and special interest affiliates, including Kentucky. Durbert didn't just develop ACB membership and affiliate at a time. He knew that true recruitment was done one person at a time. I have often thought that Durbert knew or knew about 90% of the blind people in the United States, and he was constantly contacting people individually to see how they were doing and invite them into ACB. ACB's first-timer program is named in his honor, and on page 3 we meet Shirley Stivers, the 2015 Durbert K. McDaniel first-timer from east of the Mississippi. The Greater Louisville Council of the Blind had its annual derby party yesterday. We expected 20 to 25 people, about average for that event, but 34 people showed up throughout the day. Since many of our listeners who don't live in Louisville may never have attended a derby party and so don't know what makes this event unique, we thought we'd give you a little glimpse into this 10-hour party. President Debbie Dethridge showed up in her derby hat, Patty Cox prepared fantastic food, Michelle Haycraft coordinated the serving of the food, and many others pitched in to make this a great event. Thanks to Adam Rushevall for putting together our party sound bites for you on page 4. And on page 5 is the Sound Prince calendar. Page 2. I'm here at the Greater Louisville Council of Blind Derby Party. Everything is winding down. And we are talking with Deanna Scoggins, who's president of the Kentucky School for the Blind Alumni Association. And we've caught up with her to discuss the up-and-coming reunion. Everybody's been calling and asking, when is the reunion? Where is it going to be? What are we going to be doing? And so uh, Deanna and I thought this would be a great time to bring everyone up to date. And uh, since the letter will be going out into the mail this next week, this will give you a little sneak preview. So welcome to Sound Prince, Deanna. Well, I'm glad to be here. And yes, there is going to be an alumni. Yes. You know, I get calls probably about every other day, a couple every other day. And they'll say, uh, is there going to be an alumni? And Or or they'll start out and they'll say, um, when is the alumni going to be? And this last week I got one that said, I heard it was going to be June 12. And I said, well, uh, since I had just posted it on Facebook the day before that it was going to be June 5th, and as a person on Facebook, I said, well, um, you know, no, June 5th. Oh, I heard June 12. So let's see if we can dispel some of these little rumors that are going around and give people the real scoop. Alumni is June 5 and 6. It's at the Ramada on Zorn Avenue. Mm-hmm. And, and let's explain to people um, why it's at the Ramada. The, the school had a new facilities use policy. Well, it did, and it still does. And we just can't comply with some of the stipulations that it has. For example, uh, we could use the food service building, but we couldn't use the kitchen. Well, it's hard to have a meal when you can't use a kitchen. So we had to find somewhere where we could either have meals or or have them catered or something. And so we we found the hotel. And of course, they will they will provide food. And there will be there's a restaurant there. If you don't like the food that we provide, you can go get your own food. Right. And that's an that's an that's another option for some people. Right. El Nepal, a Mexican restaurant, which has great food, by the way, uh, is in the hotel, and it's open from 11 in the morning until 10:30 at night. And of course, you can go in there anytime you want. Um, we'll tell you more about the hotel in just a second, but also the other little thing is people, you know, last year we had a one-day reunion, and it was fun. We really had a great time, but 
people really did want there to be a reunion that was more than one day and so that people from out of town could come and we were not permitted with the new facilities use policy to use the dorm so therefore if people from out of town were going to have to stay at a hotel anyway well, we just brought the reunion to them that it really was the only solution that was possible and you know it, it is different but it, it's really going to be a fun new option, I think, and 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 there's just some good advantages to it. Um, the hotel has a pool, and of course, alumni used to thrive on the swimming, and and now people can, it, the hotel guests can swim at the pool. You have right. to swim at your own risk. Yes. Uh, we don't have a hired lifeguard, and we're not going to have a set swim time. But the pool is there. And the hotel has it open from 9 in the morning until 9 at night. Right. And hotel guests are allowed to swim uh, in that pool. And so if you don't want to go to a meeting, you can go swimming. And then the other thing is there's just more space. There's a different kind of space for you to be and visit. And it's just going to be a little different, but it's going to be fun. Yes. Well... The alumni had its first reunion in 1946, so this makes this be the 70th reunion for the alumni. And we're going to be wishing the alumni a 70th happy birthday. Friday night is the birthday barbecue. And, well, first, of course, we'd like for you to come register. (laughs) It's always a good way to start. It is. And so Carla would be, Carla is going to be in charge of registration partly because she's the treasurer and she can just deal with all the money (laughs) and uh, so she's going to do that and you're going to start at six oh registration three o'clock yeah three o'clock all right so if you want to come after work and just come and register and i i just think there'll be plenty of time for visiting and i think the hotel provides a really good atmosphere for that Right. There's lots of little areas where you can sit and talk and mm-hmm. reminisce and yeah, oh yes, all that. So yeah. we're going to do some reminiscing at the barbecue. We're going to have uh, part of the program is going to be a few people are going to tell some funny alumni stories, and we're going to open that up that night for a little while. And so if you have a, a wonderful alumni story that you just can't stand to keep a secret any longer, you can tell it. <laughs> Make sure it's suitable to tell uh, the next exactly. company. Well, yeah. We are adults, but we do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Make yes. sure it's suitable. But, yes, uh, yes. Yeah, we've had some alumni stuff that's uh, a little, little different. But uh, we've had some great times during these 70 years. And so it'd be fun, it'll be fun to remember those, some of yes. them. And then after we do all of our sharing of our memories, we're going to have a huge alumni birthday cake. It's going to be your chance to share in the happy birthday for the alumni. And following that, we're going to have karaoke until about 11 o'clock. So this should be a really fun evening on Friday night. It's a party. Yep. And you'll want to pre-register so that you can purchase your ticket for Friday night at a discount. Now, if you don't get pre-registration done, of course, you can always pick up a ticket at registration, but the pre-registration discount won't apply. On Saturday, let's talk about Saturday a little bit. Okay. We're going to start with, well, the people that stay at the hotel get the continental breakfast. Uh, The people that don't stay at the hotel can find some somewhere, but uh, they can also find some in the the, uh, meeting area. We'll have some things for sale that morning, but... We're going to start out with exhibits, and mm-hmm. they're always right. well attended. Right. People look forward to those exhibits. That's right. Exhibits are 8.30 to 10.30. Um, Cecil Cox tells me that he's going to have that breakfast uh, snack area open from 9 to 11, so people coming in on Tark 3s and, and arriving is even from out of town if they're coming on Saturday morning and kind of getting in and haven't stayed at the hotel, they'll be able to pick up you know, uh, it's some, some, something to eat before as lunchtime. Long as he, yeah, as long as he has a coffee pot, I'll be happy. <laughs> yes, well, I'm sure he'll manage to come up with, a, with some coffee. Patty said there would be some coffee from somewhere. Yes. And, uh, and then at 11, we have something kind of different. Yes, we have Alumni Theater. It's going to be APH. Some people from, well, 
this spring, APH did a, a Braille Readers Theater, as they've been doing the last few years, and it was for people who had written plays, um, blind and visually impaired people in the community could participate in some playwright workshops, and then they wrote some plays, and APH presented four. Well, we're going to present some of those. Mm -hmm. um, it's a surprise as to which ones you're here. Uh, yes. You can come and listen and talk to the people who wrote the plays mm -hmm. that answer your questions. Right. So that's going to happen from 11 to noon. Right. And at noon, we will have a box lunch. Yes. And that also is a ticketed event, so you can purchase tickets for that on pre-registration or uh, on site. And then at 1, we get into some things that we do each year, and, and so tell us about that. Well, 1 o'clock is the year in review, and that is where someone from KSB will come and talk to us about what has been going on at, a, at the school this last year. And so we're looking forward to that. And then at 2 o'clock is the well-anticipated, and we hope well-attended, business meeting where we will discuss the business of the association and elect new officers and answer any questions anyone may have. And so that will happen. Right. Then we, at 3.30, this is a little different, but we did it last year and it worked very well. At 3.30 is the memorial service where we remember those people who are no longer with us and we sing a little bit and we talk a little bit and we remember those people and it's a very fun emotional time. Then Deanna at six o'clock comes comes the banquet. It's the you know the meeting room will be magically changed into the wonderful banquet hall and the banquet we catered by halls and we will recognize the the 10-year class and the 25-year class and the 50-year class which is ours. Which is Carl and Adam. <laughs> yes. So they're really looking forward to it, and we are too. Um, we we so. expect it to be a good banquet. Yes. yes. <laughs> well, we'll also be recognizing 60 and 70 and 75-year right. graduates. And then we have a speaker, and he's going to talk about what Cl the Clifton neighborhood. He's a historian. He's going to talk a little bit about what uh, Clifton was like in the 1850s. Mm -hmm. When KSB first came to this area. And I'm sure that, I mean, to think back of all the changes that have come uh, over that period of time and what the neighborhood was like when the School for the Blind first opened on Frankfurt Avenue um, is, I mean, that is, it's just a, amazing to think of all the changes. So, uh, Deanna, also, let's tell people a little bit about the banquet. Um, it truly is a feast. Halls oh. has done our banquet for a number of years, and I never will forget the first year that Halls did the banquet. And, and uh, people didn't, they kind of stopped coming to the banquet because they said, oh, the food isn't very good and all that. And so the first year Halls did it, there were I remember getting up after the banquet and going outside, and there were all these people outside, and people were coming out saying, oh, I am stuffed. And all these people outside were going, oh, we really missed something good. And, you know, we're, we're having this again. We had, we'll have fried chicken and meatloaf and and uh, home-cooked home vegetables and salads and homemade desserts. desserts yeah. And the greatest thing is, for this crowd especially, is that you get seconds. I mean, it's just an incredible feast. You just can't imagine it how much good food there yeah. is. Yes. So um, it's it's really fun. And that will end our reunion for this year. Um, of course, people are um, more than welcome, and we hope they do uh, stick around and, and visit with people, visit with friends, and so on. But that will be the, at the end of the banquet, will be the end of the official activities for the weekend yes we want everybody to come yes and and the letter is going out this week please if at all possible pre-register there will be some other interesting things on that form as well you'll have an opportunity to uh, be a sponsor uh, and uh, the sponsors this year will have a another premium last year we had remember the the 1969 band um, 
uh, recital and uh, spring recital that uh, Adam had turned into a CD, and that was a premium for the $25, $50, and $100 sponsors. This year, it's going to be a CD of um, performances by a number of alumni from across the years, and I think everyone will really enjoy that. We'll be telling you more about that in a, in a future sound prints. The other thing that we want to let people know is that the room rate for the Ramada is $72 a night plus tax. But if you are, if you're registered and coming to the reunion, um, then and your room will instead be forty dollars a night because the alumni is going to help underwrite that room cost so that it makes it more affordable for everybody to attend. Um, the reservations can be made at the Ramada now at any time. You need to be prepared to give them a charge card number when you call or to uh, send payment for one night's lodging, and that would be for your one night, and that would be for the full $72. Um, if you need to cancel, you must do so at least three days in advance, or your, your charge card will be charged for the one night. Um, and uh, the other thing that's important to remember is that if you no-show or you cancel, the alumni does not subsidize that room night. But um, when you come to the reunion uh, and, and when you check out, your charge will reflect the $40 a night instead of the 72 That is for up to four people in a room. That is not per person. That is for if you choose to have two people in your room, then um, it's still that one room rate, three people or four people. Uh, so it, it, it's really um, a pretty good, it's a great room rate compared to other uh, hotel room rates out there on the market today. So we hope that you all will, everyone will come, everyone will attend, and uh, if you have any questions about the hotel, and for some of you this is a new experience, and so if you have any questions, please feel free uh, to give us a call. Uh, the phone number that you can call is 502-897-1472, and I will be happy to assist you if you have questions uh, about that process of making your room reservation and, um, and finding out the, the policies of the hotel. With your room comes free Wi-Fi, free breakfast, and uh, free use of the hotel pool. So, Deanna, it looks like we're going to have a great weekend, oh, June 5th we and 6th. And it's just we're just looking forward to seeing you all. And I hope that some of you who have never been to an alumni will give it a try. And, um, you know, the first year I came to alumni, uh, Richard McDowell kept talking to me. He was alumni president, and I had just started working at KSB, and he kept talking to me. And I said, I'm going to come for one day to get you off my back. And he said, okay, that's great. And I haven't left since. <laughs> um, I didn't miss. I don't think I missed any alumni at all since then. So uh, it was just fun, and I just enjoy seeing all the people that come back, and uh, especially well everybody. But you know, it's really nice seeing the people from out of town. Yes, it, it is. And, and we had a good group of people from out of town last year, but yes, we did. But we missed some of the regulars, and we hope all of them will be back this year because we sure did miss seeing them. Well, just call us if you have any questions or right. anything, and right. we'll all be glad to help. Find books and more in accessible media with APH's free-of-charge Louis database. HTTP colon slash slash L-O-U-I-S dot A-P-H dot org. Locate accessible educational materials from nearly 200 different agencies. APH products and textbooks can also be located using Louis. New extended searching now available with free Louis Plus. Visit soon http colon slash slash l-o-u-i-s dot a-p-h dot org many book materials help braille users jot notes quickly pull a-p-h's mini book braille binder out of your pocket and begin to write on the mini book slate in just seconds materials are sold separately so that you can choose the combination that's right for you call the american printing house for the blind toll free 800-223-1839 or visit www.aph.org. Page 3. 
Visiting with us now on Sound Prince is Shirley Stivers. Shirley is from Bellevue, which is in the northern Kentucky area, and she has been chosen as one of the DKM first-timers for 2015. Welcome, Shirley. Hi. Shirley, you um, first applied to be a first-timer to the ACB convention last year, and uh, so this was your second time around in that application process, and we are so pleased to have you be representing um, people east of the Mississippi as a Durbert K. McDaniel first-timer at the upcoming ACB convention in Dallas. So congratulations. Well, thank you. Very nice. I, I really appreciate the opportunity. For people that aren't too familiar with the program, uh, as a first-timer, ACB chooses two people, one east of the Mississippi, one west of the Mississippi, that will attend the convention each year. And those people um, are there for the entire week. They receive, it's really a nice award. You, you get uh, airfare and hotel and a stipend for food because we certainly don't want anybody to starve during the week. Got to keep that energy level up. And uh, it's, it's just a really neat uh, chance for uh, new people to find out about ACB and and learn a lot of things in the uh, at the convention. Now, also, um, bef before we chat about you specifically, Shirley, what we also need to make sure that people understand is that it's, it's not just a fun trip uh, or it's not just for a brand new person in ACB. Shirley's been a member of the Kentucky Council of Blind for a long time, and when we, when a person's interested in being a first-timer, they submit a letter expressing their interest and telling about themselves, and then they also have to have a letter of recommendation from their affiliate president. So um, it's, it's sort of giving a person an opportunity uh, who would not have had the opportunity otherwise to um, kind of move from that affiliate level more into um, getting more involved on the national level. So that's that's what the First Timer Program does. Um, and on that committee, the selection committee, are several people who have themselves been first-timers over the years. So surely this is going to be a really, um, I think you're going to have a just a, a really great time at the convention, knowing you and how involved you get in everything. <laughs> <laughs> you you are going to, I think I think the problem will be is that at the end of the week you will have figured out that you will have done a lot of things, but you won't have much sleeping involved in there. So, <laughs> so tell us um, about, first of all, introduce people out there listening who don't know you. Introduce them to Shirley Stivers. Tell, tell us about yourself. Hi, I'm, my name is Shirley Stivers. I do live in the northern Kentucky area. I've been involved in um, the Kentucky Council of the Blind for a while. I, I attended a school for the blind in Kentucky. Um, I work with older citizens who are getting back into the workforce. Um, I have four children, two of whom are visually impaired and two that are sighted. Um, that was a challenge. Um, especially with me and my eye condition. Mm -hmm. I um, really enjoy working with um, the different opportunities I get from um, KCB, and I've been to the alumni several times for the Kentucky School for the Blind, and I have a lot of um, volunteer op experience. Yes, you came to a crossroads last year uh, yes. in, in March, really which is our second crossroads. Yes, that was very good. I really enjoyed that. Yes, and you you are one of those people that you not only come and and participate as far as the um, as far as the programming and so on is concerned and and participate in the session the sessions, but when you walk in the door, it's like a person has come with four extra hands because <laughs> <laughs> you are an absolutely phenomenal volunteer too. Shirley is one of these people that just likes to be busy. I do, yeah, and I and there's plenty of reason to be busy when you go to a, a group uh, meeting of any kind. You know, there's something always needed or someone 
um, couldn't make it or something, and there's always an opportunity to help out somewhere. Right. Now, going to ACB, you've, you've never been to an ACB convention before, of course, and so do you have some preconceived ideas of what you would like to to do or to um, or, or to, to bring back from attending a convention for a week? Well, everything I've heard from uh, other people that have attended the um, ACB conference conventions, um, there's a wealth of information there. And there's, um, I, for myself, I would like to see how um, people from the, the state level, the national level, and the affiliates even work together to make such a big organization so um, phenomenal. It's, it's just a wonderful um, organization, and I just want to be part of it, you know, on a higher level than what I've done in the past. Yeah, I, I certainly do, um, you know, appreciate this opportunity, and I, I believe that I can do more on our state level for uh, the opportunities that present themselves, and I do want to try to, you know, further what I'm doing on a national level if it's, mm-hmm. if I do get the chance. Yeah. Um, you, you came on to the Statewide Rehabilitation Council, uh, what, a year ago, or was it two yeah, years it, ago now? Um, 2014, July. Yeah, okay. And so you jumped right in there and have been doing some um, good work on the committees and things there. And, um, and I, I, I think you were going to really enjoy um, some of the sessions that, uh, on a wide range, just having known you for a long time, I th- I think that you will enjoy you know, things like um, not only the general sessions, but going to an ACB convention is is like going to a hometown buffet of programs and and activities that relate to blindness and visual impairment. And you can just kind of go along when the pre-registration process opens. You can just kind of go through that and and choose the things that appeal to you you know you don't there's not a set um, plan that you must follow for everything and and then there's a lot of things that you can just choose once you get there that you'll be able to pick and choose and just say oh I think I'll just drop into this or I'll just go to that and so every day will be different every okay. every day is going to be just um, no two days will be alike the whole week you're there. <laughs> so are you, um, I, I know you're a big Dallas Cowboys fan. I am, I am. <laughs> so so um, that that would be kind of fun. Going to, did, did you know that we're going to be going to a baseball game on Tuesday night? No, I, I really didn't. Um, I think it's just going to be wonderful. You know, I, I wouldn't have ever got the chance to go to Dallas in any other form at this time. So mm-hmm. I'm really happy to get this chance, too. You know, I <laughs> and my team being there, that's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us, uh, what are, do you have hobbies? What are what are some things you like to do just in your I do. I, I like to read. I um, Mostly it's mysteries or drama that, that turns out with a mystery involved somehow. I crochet. Um, I've been doing some ceramics with my daughters. Um, it, and it's a lot of fun, too. I mean, whatever mistakes I make, you know, they're mine, and it makes it my piece. And it's not really a mistake. It's just how I want the piece to be. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. I, um, I joined a book club with a friend of mine from our office, and it meets once a month. And those are books that we, we have no idea what they're going to be until we start reading them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I volunteer a lot. I mean, it's, it's kind of volunteering, but it's also a hobby because I just, I can't just sit and do nothing. I have to go and see what's <laughs> available. Mm-hmm. And I also usher at the um, at two of our uh, places we have plays. It's the Carnegie and Covington and the Playhouse in the Park in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of fun. And I feel like the more I get out there, because I have a visual impairment, and um, the more people see me doing something, they'll know that other people can do the same kind of things and not to keep other people out of doing something because they are blind or visually impaired. So, mm-hmm. you know, it works for two ways for me. Mm-hmm. And just yesterday, 
Didn't you? Um, oh, <laughs> weren't you in a, in a in a run up there in the Covington area? Uh, you know, how could I forget that? Oh, yes, we had eleven people in our group, and we did one of the runs for the Flying Pig Marathon. Mm-hmm. Now, I am not a really big marathon runner. But I do, um, I do the, the smaller ones because we usually take uh, kids with us, and that's my excuse for not running the whole way. I, I see. <laughs> I have to bring up the rear. So, um, yeah, I like to participate in those because, you know, we can, and I, and I do. So it's a lot of fun, too. Well, you know, we'll be having our um, walk, uh, Brenda Dillon Memorial Walk, on Sunday morning at the convention. Oh wow! Yes. Okay. And so, and Kentucky has a team. Um, we usually don't have too many people that actually walk. We, you can be a virtual walker on our teams as well. Okay. <laughs> Lots of us do the virtual thing, <laughs> but um, this year it's actually going to be in the in. There's a mall attached uh-huh. to the hotel, and um, the mall not only has plenty of room for walking in the mall, but it also has a food court. Somebody asked me yesterday if I was going to walk, and I said, well, probably enough to get to the food court. <laughs> then I kind of sit down and wait for the walkers to come back around. I'll have a snack and tell them how good it is. <laughs> Let us know how good it is. And right. Use. You got that. But, yeah, it's going to be Sunday morning, and, of course, no, we don't have to have a bus ride to get there this oh, year, beautiful. so it's going to be really really nice so you know you might want to participate in that oh it sounds like a great idea yeah and uh that we our walk page has just come up online we've just got it live this week and our team is called the kentucky e-racers and uh, a lot of the a lot of you all haven't haven't heard that quite yet we're going to start doing publicity on it this next week um but uh we'll we'll sure have you involved in that one too oh yeah that sounds great and um and i love the name yes (laughs) yeah we were the kentucky racers last year and Uh all of us none of us well, I think I think probably Patty Cox was the only person that went and actually walked the walk. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so Adam says, oh, we should be the e-racers instead. Oh, that's so, so cute. So we are. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> yep. So, well, we just are just very, very pleased that, that you're going to be coming to Dallas with us. It's going to be so fun having having you there as one of the Kentucky people. Can, it looks like we're going to have... Um, a pretty good number this year, at least more than than we did last year in Las Vegas from Kentucky because it's closer uh-huh. and um, it's not as close as it was when we had when it was in Columbus a couple of years ago and and here in Louisville. But you know, it it doesn't matter how close or how far away it is, as you know, with having kids and trying to you know go places, you can't. It it, it can be right in your backyard, but if you can't afford to get there, um, it, it might as well be halfway around the world. And and that happens with a lot of people. And um, that, that's one of the things that is, is really terrific about this program is it helps people get there that would have never been able to come otherwise. And uh, we Kentucky's had a couple of uh, first-timers over the years, Bill Wright was mm-hmm. first timer in 2001, and Eric Fry. I, um, Eric Fry was in 2002, and we had another one. I think Darren Hatch in 2006. So we've had several first timers, and um, but it's been kind of a long time since the last one. So we just are really, really excited about you going to Dallas with us. Well, I'm just as excited. Um, I've had some advice along the way, too, just in the last week, mm-hmm. um, to bring extra soft shoes that you can walk in and not to choose something every single hour because you're going to be worn out. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, you, you don't want to figure, oh, I've, I don't have anything for Tuesday afternoon. I better I, I better choose something for there because there's so many things that you look in the program once you get there. And actually now you can get that program online and download it ahead of time, which is real helpful. It used to be before computers, you know, you didn't have that full program until oh, yeah. you got to the convention. And here you were trying to 
trying to figure out what to do. And uh, so now you can sort of even plan that part of it ahead. But there are so many things that happen, and sometimes they're just announced um, during the convention. You may There's a newspaper that comes out every day at the convention, and you get that newspaper, and you look at it, and you see that, oh, tomorrow, here's a special session. It's going to be run by, you know, some exhibitor. You know, a a big exhibitor is going to have an extra session. Maybe Google might have an extra session, or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Freedom Scientific may may run something special or whatever. You just never know when there's going to be some additional group or focus uh, some kind of focus group or something that's announced even there. So I think you'll find it extremely exciting, and I hope that um, you know this. This will help you. I'm going to warn you: you it, the convention bug often bites, <laughs> <laughs> and it's sort of like a disease. You know, you catch the the convention bug bites, and it's like getting the flu. You know, it once. It, once it bites, then you just have to go back. And you might not be able to get back every year, but um, it's it's amazing how many people, they go that first time, and then they, they say, oh, I just have to do this. I can't, I can't miss. And they might not be able to get there for the whole week, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they may only be there for a few days, but they've just got to show up and... Uh, so it's 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 a really exciting time. And the exhibit hall, be sure that you leave at least oh um, most of a day throughout the you know total time for the exhibit hall. It okay. it can just it that's overwhelming as well. You walk in there and here's all this stuff. It's like going to I say it's like a, a blind it I say it's the blind blind man's mall. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> and everything in there, you know, has something to do with blindness and visual impairment. Mm-hmm. So, and you'll see things that you'd never see at a state convention exhibit hall because we just can't get that many. So. Uh, well, that sounds like a good um, a good exhibit because there's you know there's always something that I can find when I go to mm-hmm. different uh, events like that that mm-hmm. I find that I didn't know about or mm-hmm. that I can certainly use. So. I'm working with with uh, the the people that you work with, with, with elderly people or, or older you know, people who are returning to work, You'll, you know, you may find some little things that can be helpful to the people that you work with and just lots of resources and so on. So I, I just think you're going to have a fantastic time and we're going to have a fantastic time having you there with us. Well, I, I think it's going to be great. Um, I can't imagine not having a good time with all of you all. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, and we're we're glad you could be with us on Soundprints. And I know we'll be talking between now and when you leave for for Dallas. We'll, um, you know, when registration opens, we'll be, you know, talking with you about that and helping, just helping you get kind of settled in and and be ready to hit the ground running when you get there. That sounds wonderful. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you. The Kentucky Council of the Blind and its chapters provide information, advocacy, activities, and telephone support for people who are blind or visually impaired. Join our email list, visit our website, and, of course, listen to Soundprints each and every week. To learn more, call us at 502-895-4598. Drop us an email at kcb at igloo.com or visit our website at kentucky-acb.org. Page four. If people, if there's card players want to get together, um, again, there's Uno and Phase 10, and we have regular decks of cards and rook cards, so if y'all want to kind of sort yourselves into card groups, that's fine. If you don't want to, you don't have to. Um, also, everybody should have a bingo card. Does, do the, all the newcomers have bingo cards? Okay. All right. We'll get bingo cards to you. We'll get bingo cards to you. Because we play bingo ever so often, and that's good for um, a draw on the special jackpot as well. Reminder, there will be derby jackpots that will be, um, they'll be a dollar a piece. And we'll be selling those up closer to the Derby. And uh, that's in addition to the prize winner, prize winner's jackpot. So 
you have an option of being, getting in those two. Here's some cards. We'll have plenty of more food in a little bit. We're just going to kind of eat all day. So don't think anybody will mind that. The next thing that will be coming in a few minutes will be some dessert. All right. We're getting ready for our second race of the day, the GLCB Stakes. Um, who has number seven? Who? Shannon has number seven. Who has number eight, please? Number eight. Might have to scratch number eight. Okay. Well, let me move on. Uh, number nine, who has number nine? Mike. Okay, number nine is Mike. Number 10. Natalie, right? Is she still here? Okay, number... Uh, all right, 10, 10 is hers. Number 11 is Deanna. And number 12 is Aaron, I think, right there? Okay, Aaron. So we need number... Henry, and who's, uh, did we find a number eight? We can put Debbie in as number eight, if that's okay, Debbie. We're ready for the call to the... And they're off, and we have number six. Who's one? Number one. And number four. Each one of those. The number one horse moves one space. The number six moves one space. And the number four horse moves one space. All right. Number three. Number three. What happened to the other one? Let's see. No, those two. Where's the other dice? Uh, and number two. Oh, it won. It was number two. One. All right. All right, Debbie won. Debbie and, and, Deathreach won. Okay. Debbie Deathreach. Right. A, a pull in the in the jackpot. Okay. And they're into the stretch, and it's American Pharaoh who is taking the lead on the outside. Between horses, it's firing line. Dortmund is down at the rail as they come into the final furlong. American Pharaoh, firing line, not done yet. And these two come into the final 16th. It's American Pharaoh in front, firing line. Dortmund is third, Frosted is fourth. Coming to the finish, American Pharaoh and Victor Espinosa have won the Kentucky Derby. Firing line was second, Dortmund was third, Frosted finished fourth in a final time of two minutes three. Point zero two seconds, Victor Espinoza has won the Kentucky Derby two years in a row. So, the people who had number 18, 18 was American Pharaoh. Imagine that. So, the lucky people who had that were Deb Lewis, Brenda, <laughs> Debbie Deathridge. And Mary Riley, Mary's sitting over there all smug. I know I have it. I know I have it. And Trina. Trina had it on the, the game jackpot. All right, so those five people, um, those five people are first place winners. $9 each. Okay, second place, that was firing line, right? Firing line was number 10. The people who have firing line, Brenda, boy, she's going to take us all out to dinner. Deanna, two. Michelle, you had firing line. That's number two. Deb Lewis. Uh, dinner, dinner's on her. She's taking us out. And Shannon. And second place winners get $6. I like it when it works out evenly.
Dortmund is horse number eight. Eight in the winner's jackpot is Bill Dethridge. Trina. Bill Wright. Adam. And David Cox. I put a pull in for him. So, Okay, so we're going to be paying off, and also we'll be uh, coming around with Michelle. We're going to be doing food. Okay. Sounds like we have lots of happy winners today. Page 5, the Sound Prince calendar. Unless otherwise noted, you can join conference calls listed on this calendar by dialing 605-475-6006 and entering code 294444. All in-person activities of the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind that are listed on this week's calendar will be held at the United Crescent Hill Ministries, located at 150 South State Street in Louisville. Bluegrass Council of the Blind activities are held at the BCB office located at 1093 South Broadway, Suite 1230 in Lexington. You do need to register for BCB events and activities. Their phone number is 859-259-1834. The Bluegrass Council assistive technology demos and training take place each Friday morning at the BCB Lexington office. Don't just drop in for tech training. Call ahead to make an appointment. On May 8, the GLCB Friday will include education and technology from 3.30 to 6, dinner, which is $5 per person, a jewelry workshop from 6.30 to 7.30, limited to the first 10 people who sign up, and games and crafts from 7 to 10. Be sure to call to let us know you're coming, 502-895-4598. On May 9, the GLCB board will meet at 11 a.m. on the conference line. Also on May 9, the APH walking tour of the Cave Hill Cemetery is rescheduled from April 24 because of inclement weather. It'll be 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. Call Katie Carpenter at the museum to sign up even if you were registered before so that they'll know who's coming and who needs a ride. The number is 899-2213. On May 11, the Bluegrass Council of the Blind will hold its community outing from 12 to 5.30 p.m. They'll be visiting the American Printing House for the Blind Museum here in Louisville. Transportation is being provided from Lexington for the first 12 people who sign up for this tour. RSVP by May 1 at 859-259-1834. On May 12, the Bluegrass Council Board will meet from 9 to 10.30 a.m. at the BCB office. Also on May 12, the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, SAVVY, will hold its next meeting from 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time at the Wing Avenue Baptist Church, 628 Wing Avenue in Owensboro. Call Rick Bogus at 270-684-4418 or Bill Roberts at 270-485-8170 for more information about Savvy. On May 14, the Northern Kentucky Council of the Blind will have a meeting by conference call at 7 p.m. The number is 605-475-4700 and the code is 155619. On May 15, GLCB will hold its next GLCB Friday event with education and technology, dinner and games and crafts. On May 16, KCB Next Generation is presenting a travel seminar from 3.30 to 6 at United Crescent Hill Ministries. They'll have all kinds of travel tips and ideas, and they will also be serving appetizers. It will be lots of fun, so be sure and plan to be on hand. On May 17, the KSB Alumni Board will meet at 8 p.m. on the conference line, and on May 18, the Kentucky Council of the Blind will hold its May Board meeting at 8 p.m. also on the conference line. On May 22, Guide Dog Eye Exams will be presented from 3 to 5 p.m. by the Guide Dog Users of Kentucky. If you sign up for free eye exams before April 30, you will be able to obtain that eye exam that day. 
between 3 and 5 p.m. at United Crescent Hill Ministries. To sign up before April 30, visit www.acvo.org. Also, plan to stay for the GLCB Friday events. Education and Technology from 3 to 6 p.m. Dinner followed by Games and Crafts from 7 to 10. We'll be playing bingo that night. It's $5 for dinner and $2 for bingo. On May 23, APH presents Telling the Story, 10 Artifacts from 10.30 to 12.30 at the American Printing House for the Blind Museum. Learn what 10 items from their collection tell us about the blind and visually impaired. Free, but registration is required. This program is best for adults and older children. Call 502-899-2213 to register. On May 24, ACB Families will hold its monthly meeting by conference call at 9 p.m. On May 25, Guide Dog users of Kentucky will hold a membership conference call at 7 p.m. on the conference line. On May 26, elementary music recital and assembly will take place at the Kentucky School for the Blind at 12.45 in the afternoon. It will be in the Ritchie Auditorium. On May 27, the Bluegrass Council of the Blind will hold its VIP meeting from noon to 2 p.m. at the BCB office in Lexington. Lunch and program will be included, and the program is on health and wellness, with a presentation about the YMCA and silver sneakers. RSVP by calling the Bluegrass Council at 859-259-1834. On May 27, the 8th grade graduation and KSB Middle School and High School Award Ceremony will take place at 1 p.m. in the Ritchie Auditorium at the school. The graduation will be from 6.30 to 8 p.m. that evening, also in the Ritchie Auditorium. On May 29, GLCB will hold its Greater Louisville Council of the Blind Friday events, and on May 30, the Eastern Kentucky Christian Council of the Blind will have their picnic from 4 to 7 p.m. at the Perry County Park in Hazard. Contact Joey Couch at 606-216-8033, for more information, or call Frank Campbell at 606-693-9360. Looking ahead to some other major events, on June 5 and 6, the Kentucky School for the Blind Alumni Association will hold its 70th annual reunion. This year, the reunion will be at the Ramada Inn on Zorn Avenue in Louisville. And July 3 through 11 is the 54th annual American Council of the Blind Conference and Convention. It will include exhibits, workshops, tours, programs, and lots of fun. It will be at the Sheridan Dallas, 400 North Olive Street in Dallas, Texas. Room rates are $89 plus tax, and you can now make reservations. For more information, please visit www.acb.org or check any issue of the ACB Braille Forum for more information. And on July 15 and 16 is Gateways to Independence Summer Institute. This is a statewide training for teachers of the visually impaired held at the Kentucky School for the Blind. This year, the program title is Making the Move to Unified English Braille, Principles and Practices. The presenters are Francis Mary DeAndrea and Mary Nell McLennan. Space is limited. Call for more information on registration. The Kentucky School for the Blind is hosting this event and the number is 502-897-1583. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at igloo.com. 
Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Sound Prince. Have a great week, everybody. Well, I can dance tonight, yeah.